0: What's up, my Impact Theory family? It's Tom Billu, and I want to take a moment to express my heartfelt gratitude to you guys, our incredible listeners. Your support, your feedback, your unwavering commitment to your own growth inspires and drives us every day. And I want you guys to know how important you are to all of us here, especially me. And for those voracious listeners, you know who you are, I've got something really exciting to share with you. If you're truly dedicated to achieving greatness, check out the Extra Impact subscription channel exclusively on Apple Podcasts and Supercast. With the extra Impact subscription, you'll get all new episodes delivered ad-free, exclusive access to bonus content, including keynote speeches, AMAs, weekly motivation, and previously unreleased episodes. And you'll also have subscriber-only access to five additional podcast playlists with hundreds of archived Impact Theory episodes curated into themes to help you streamline your transformation journey. So if you're ready to take your personal growth journey to the next level, head over to Apple Podcasts, Supercast, or check the links in the show notes and subscribe to the Extra Impact subscription. It's your key to unlocking the greatness within you. Thank you guys again so much for being a part of this incredible community. Remember, the world needs more people that have come alive, double down on your own improvement, and you will be shocked at how far you can go. All right, until next time my friends, be legendary. The biggest mistake you could make is to allow people to convince you that power is a dirty word. If you want to become a strong and capable person worthy of respect, you should pursue it aggressively. But before you do, you need to develop an understanding of what true power actually is. Is it the ability to get laid and get rich or is it something far more profound? Find out right now as my guest Ty Lopez and I map out the true nature of power, wealth, and seduction. As somebody who has seen the good and the bad of money and power up close, what is it exactly that you think people get wrong? And why does it matter so much to learn and get it right? Let's take them one at a time. Wealth, yeah, I've been
1: poor and I've been rich and I've been in between. Wealthy's better, probably. But more money, more problems too. I always tell people think about life as like a curve. And you call it the kind of efficient frontier. When I had no money, I was sleeping on a couch in a mobile home. I remember seeing $47 in my account and going, and I had very little happiness. Then I built my first funnel. And I was one of the first people to use Google AdWords. It was two months old. And I went within nine months, I was making basically 8,000 a month on autopilot. Wow. My happiness went really high. Then I remember really st- when you really start to make money, make a million bucks a week or whatever it is, I lived in Beverly Hills. The first month I was there, it was a big house, 17,000 square feet. So you needed a, a fleet of maids. And I used an agency, a maid came, worked one day, month later, get a lawsuit. She said she slipped on a banana peel, wanted money. Wealth—that's the banana peel effect of wealth in the U.S. All of a sudden, you become a target. So, what happened on that curve? My happiness went up. All of a sudden, I started—you—you can make too much money. Then, all of a sudden, your happiness plateaus. Then, you're like Mark Zuckerberg, who last year spent 32 million on private security. Jesus. That means you have credible threats against your children, kidnapping. You're spending two and a half million a month on security. His happiness has now gone over the cliff, and you can actually be so wealthy, you're back to where you were when you were poor. Rockefeller, there's a book called Titan. He's the richest man in modern times, 600 billion net worth. In the book, you can read, in about the 1890s, he reached the pinnacle of his success, but he was attacked by the U.S. government. There was a news reporter, this woman, that was the thorn in his flesh, always saying he was a scam and blah, blah, blah. And he lost all his hair in his 50s from stress. All of his hair, his eyebrows, eyelashes, hair. And he he had a moment of clarity where he said, all of the money I have made has not compensated me for the stress I've gone through. Mm -hmm. Meaning, it's too much. So that's my answer on wealth. Find the point, which for most people is gonna be, you know, six figures of profit. Maybe seven figures. When you start going to make eight figures, the banana peel effect. Your somebody's your best friend's gonna try to steal your money. The tax guys come and show up and go. Well, oh, is that, did you? Was that a real business expense? So try to find the optimal point on the efficient frontier. Now you asked about power. My main mentor in the last ten years has been Dr. David Buss. He's maybe the most respected living evolutionary psychologist. And I have a fem- I like to always have one male mentor and one female. And Dr. Helen Fisher who's also one of the preeminent scientists. I came to them one day and I said, you know what, there's four Ms of motivation for everybody. I said, what do you think of my theory, Dr. Buss? He said, I think it's a decent theory. He always has his own improvements. But the first M is material things. The second M is mating. The third M is movement slash freedom. The fourth M is mastery slash status. What we get wrong about ourselves and others when it comes to power or wealth is not understanding that almost every wealthy person that I quiz into their unconscious mind, x-ray into the mind, they're not really driven by material things. There's a lot of people who seek money because they like the fourth M, mastery, status, or power. So when it comes to men... Men are much more driven by power. I'm already seeing the results. The first time I launched this quiz, 6,000 people took it the first day in about 190 countries. So I'm getting good data and I'm finding a pattern. I ask at the end, is your sex male or female? I don't get into genders. Sex, okay? I notice a consistent trend. Men care about mastery, status, power. Women do occasionally, but rarely. Um, And that makes sense. Our ancestors, the men, you know, Nietzsche, maybe the second smartest person I've ever read. You know, Nietzsche said, the will to power. This is the force that drives earth. Donald Trump, Joe Biden, they are there because they had the will to power. They were like, I want power. Um, The lobbyists, the pharmaceutical companies, we think they just want wealth, but there's men sitting there that want power more than everything. Very few men, if you give them a choice and say, do you really love money? Like, I'm gonna give you material things. You get all the jewelry you want, Okay, you get all the jewelry, you get all the luxury designer clothing, but you have no power status. Very few men will take that. But if I say to you, look, bro, no jewelry, no Rolexes, but you walk in a room and men fear you, want to be you. Men, 80% of the time, take that. So power is a very sex-specific thing. Women, um, or at least the female sex, don't seem as driven by that, but, uh, but to be clear, I find about 20% of women are also driven by status. Now, if you hold your hand up, I've never seen your hand, can I see, are you right or left? Okay, uh, so this is digit index ratio, pretty good science. Some scientists disagree with it, but there's about 40 studies. You have a lot of testosterone, you're a very driven, ambitious person. This, you're very similar to me. This is higher, this is prenatal testosterone, androgen kind of receptor. when you're in the womb you get like this dosage which sets the course of your life you are probably more driven when you see a hand like this and you and also you can do other testing to to find this out driven a little bit like nietzsche the will to power the will to be known the will to be respected you have a podcast you're building a personal brand by the way there's nothing wrong about it sometimes people try to go no that's not me i'm not materialistic i'm more like einstein i don't believe that much in free will you know if you read the, the walter isaacson book on einstein pretty smart guy he's like god a free will doesn't exist now that's if you're a quantum physicist you'll probably disagree and say that free will does exist if you love power some of it's predestined you can see it in the womb and so i think men have to come to grips with their will to power because the will to power also can drive you can be your demon You know, it can be your angel sitting here or it can be your demon. Wealth and power are like a pit bull. And when they're on your side, they're wonderful guardians. But if they ever turn
0: against you, they'll rip you to shreds. That is very succinct. So the thing that I I agree with all of that and the thing that I would add is – once I came to understand that the true nature of money is to be a facilitator, in and of itself, it doesn't do anything. I mean, if you really think about it, and the analogy I'm about to make made a lot more sense before uh, crypto, but what I used to tell people is money, cash, only has potential heat energy in and of itself. You can burn it, it will release heat. That's really all it has, except for the fact that we all say, that thing is valuable, and Mm -hmm. therefore, as long as we believe in it, then it will carry um, some further potential in it. But the potential that it has, I think people always think it's going to make them feel about themselves the way they feel about other people that have money. Mm -hmm. So they look at that person and they admire them, they wanna be them, they're driven by envy, I've heard you say that, I think that's pretty accurate. And they think, oh, all this envy that I have for that person, if I get the money, I will feel, complete, powerful, amazing, but the reality is money can't touch how you feel about yourself. Yeah, And so ultimately, I think the thing that people strive for is to feel a certain way about themselves, which is why if you say to somebody, you can be feared and admired, I think there's something about that that, and there is an element of, I think part of that particular question the thing that turns them on is, oh, they're gonna fear me? Yeah. Because people instinctively know that they will then be able to wield their power. Yeah. Because if I were going to define power, I would say it's the ability to manifest your will. And I don't mean manifest in like a woo-woo sense, I mean manifest as in you close your eyes, you imagine the world you want to exist, you open your eyes, and you actually go make that world come true. And so the person who that, I mean, maybe Putin is even more so just because he controls a country. But when I look at somebody like Elon Musk Mm -hmm. and he can seemingly kick off billion dollar companies uh, at will, I mean, it's bananas. And that is somebody who imagines going to Mars and builds Mm -hmm. the thing necessary to get him there, including the legal battles and things that he's going to have to go through uh, to make it all come true. The just brutality that is something that difficult, that expensive, that high risk. And so, all right, you've got wealth, which is really, it's just a facilitator. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not going to touch who you are, but everybody thinks it's going to change how they feel about themselves. Then you have power, which is really about the ability to make things happen in the world. Right. And on that one, I think people tangle up because everybody, not everybody, it's become so commonplace to be disgusted by somebody like me who says, I'm here seeking power. Right, I come seeking power. I am trying to get as powerful as I can. Now, if you think that means I'm trying to hold dominion over other people and extract from them so that I can myself have, I get why you would think that's gross. But if you understand power the way that I understand it, which is you, power is agnostic. I could use it to manifest a will that is horrible. Hitler enters stage right. Or I could try to make the world a much better place. I can bring things to the world that are wonderful. Gandhi, Mother Teresa, right? They had a will to power that was extraordinarily strong. It just manifests in a way that we can all get behind versus somebody who's doing horrible things. But if people are able to tease the sort of emotion that they have around what they think money is without ever really thinking about it or what they think power is without ever really thinking about it from the reality of these evolutionarily granted tools Like if they can tease that apart, then they can say, okay, I'm going to bring these things on. I'm not going to pursue wealth for the sake of having money. There are things in my life I need to facilitate, and money is the great facilitator. Therefore, cool, I'm going to need some amount of money. And then, hey, I have a vision for a better world, and I want to have impact, and so I need to get good at manifesting my will. But I don't think people understand that. You need to read The Denial of
1: Death, a famous book on this subject. I would just say I agree, but remember the pit bull analogy: mm. power, wealth, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And so, the don- denial of death is an interesting book on the subject of when we, what happens when we seek power. So, you recommend I read that as a warning? Uh, not a warning, but a, a deep dive into the repercussions. One of my things. My mentor Joel Salatin used to say, "The worst thing in life, tie." is to grow old and realize you got good at the wrong thing. So I'm a big fan of what's the go deep and what's the unconscious motivators that everything that we think we perceive, we want power and we want money is the conscious mind. But like Freud said, by the way, much of what you said was Freudian and Nietzschean, you know, but the mind is like a iceberg, 10% above water, 90% sitting below. So I would say you have probably, the way I would see you I might be so bold. Please. In the unconscious mind, is you have a genetic predisposition towards mastery and status. Your mind, your conscious mind, you brought this up. We justify to ourselves. This is kind of the concept, you know, the kind of outdated Freudian concept of the ego, the soup, you know, you had the ego and you kind of have this super ego, which is like collective society. But the simpler way to think about it is our genes make us want something unconsciously, and then our mind justifies it. Mm-hmm. Everybody justifies. Muammar Gaddafi you know Kim Young, Kim Jong Un. He does not see himself as a bad man. He sees a Adolf Hitler. If you there's a very famous story about Adolf Hitler. He kept a picture of a guy behind him, and this was an English soldier. In World War One, there was a battle. I think it's called Ypres, is how you pronounce it in Belgium. A young Adolf Hitler, unknown to the world, sol- foot soldier, comes out of a tent or a little hut. No gun. He comes out with no gun. An English soldier has a rifle. And Adolf Hitler, young Adolf Hitler, says, don't shoot me. I'm unarmed. And the man said, for a split second, I thought, I'm going to kill him anyway. He's the enemy. But he said, I didn't like the morality of killing an unarmed man. I let him go. That was Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler. That man felt guilty on that. That was 1917, 16, 17, about 1939. Okay. Guess what happens? That man feels guilty every day. Adolf Hitler keeps that man's picture, calls him on his birthday annually. No joke. Thanks the man. And Hitler perceived that in the conscious mind is proof that God was on his side. He had a vision for changing his people it was a time when people were more nationalistic. All countries were nationalistic for the most part. So Adolf Hitler had this he used his, he had a genetic predisposition, he had a horrible family upbringing, he had a dad who was abused him physically, high levels of narcissism. If you read, there's a new book about the family of Adolf Hitler. I just read it about two months ago. You know, his dad, if you know how to read people, his dad had NPD, Narcissistic Personality Disorder. We now know under fMRI machines, you're missing gray matter in your brain. So you don't even know you're a narcissist. His dad's a hyper-narcissist, has all the attributes of it. Um, Adolf Hitler, we know now narcissism is like 0.78 heredity, heritability. It's insane. So we think, so I told you, I don't believe in free will. Adolf Hitler is born this man, who is the product of a narcissist. He then goes through wars put on by big governments, which cause PTSD for people. He comes out of this already with a genetic predisposition to be a little bit wacky. On top of that, he sits through World War I, probably has literal artillery reverberations, like causes mental illness. But he never saw himself that way. He saw himself as a God warrior. And he had proof. If he was on the show, Adolf Hitler would have said, What do you mean? I could have been shot. The Englishman, the hand of God came down and said, I have a special purpose for this man. So you have to we always have to I have to be careful that I'm not justifying my proclivities, my genetic predispositions, and saying, By golly, this is the right way. Now. I'm not, I'm not saying your way is wrong. I'm just saying I try to think 360 about myself. Adolf Hitler was wrong. He was a madman, and he uh, his will to power uh, was a complete lose-lose. He lost his life. Germany lost. My grandma's from Germany. My grandma met Adolf Hitler in 1936 out of park. Her sister, I mean her best friend, Melina Meshman, who wrote a New York Times bestselling book you can read, um, and is dedicated to my grandma in the forward, asking my grandma for forgiveness because <clears throat> Melita Meshman turned my grandma's family in and the SS kicked down the door. My grandma always told me she remembers it before she came here to California. She escaped. Um, my grandma knew he was a madman in 1936. My grandma's good read people. He came in a park. Molita Meshman, they were both about. This was in 1936. This is when Time Magazine, the mass media was stupid back then. They made. You know, Adolf Hitler was the man of the year on the cover of Time magazine. I think it was 1936. So my grandma was born in 18. So she's 18 years old. Melina Meshman says, "Marianne, there's an amazing man you need to meet. He's giving a small talk in our local park." My grandma goes there. She says a car pulls up. There's 50 people, 100 people there. There's no top on the car. You know, it's convertible. Mercedes. A lot of billionaires made in the uh, in the Nazi regime and war. And. He starts yelling. My grandma's like, I hated the guy right away. I don't, my grandma didn't like people who yelled. Will to power, genes. We think we have free will. Did Adolf Hitler have free will? Einstein said no. Now, I, when I say this on social media, every Tom, Dick, and Harry writes, Todd, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to believe you over Einstein. I'm like, believe it or not, Einstein was a fairly smart guy. Um, Now, there's newer physicists that disagree. Quantum physics kind of shows that things can appear out of nowhere, which is closer to our conception of morality, that people make a choice. But there's still a lot of machines that we literally have that show before you take an action, it appeared in your mind in the unconscious 10 seconds before or 10th of a second before. Meaning what you perceive your conscious mind to say to do. Your unconscious told you to do it. We're the bitch of our brain. So going back to you, this is a long-winded, some people say I yap, but hey, I'm a professional yapper. You might be listening. Every once in a while in a yapping session, there's
0: something to take away. Whenever somebody asks me my tips for scaling a business, I always tell them focus on efficiency because if you don't, you're going to waste a lot of time and money spinning your wheels instead of making smart choices that will lead you to actually being able to grow. That's why I recommend you check out Shopify, which has everything you need to efficiently grow your business and take it to the next level. Every time I talk about Shopify, I'm so jealous that you guys have this all-in-one ready solution at your fingertips. It is so helpful. Shopify is a global commerce platform that makes it easy to sell online and in person at any and every stage of your business. Literally, wherever, whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered, just like the millions of businesses that rely on them every day. And Shopify's award-winning customer support is there to help you every step of the way. Plus, you get access to Shopify Magic, the AI-powered tool that will save you so much time and give you a huge leg up in growing your business. And with Shopify's super-efficient checkout process, which performs 36% better than competitors, you are primed for more sales just by using Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash impact, all lowercase. Go to Shopify com slash impact right now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash impact. You guys know I am super selective when it comes to my diet, and I am extremely thoughtful about what I put into my body because you are literally what you eat. You are what you eat. I cannot stress it enough. Your cells are actually made of the things you eat. So make sure that the things you're eating are of the highest quality. And when it comes to high quality, a trustworthy source of animal-based protein, I cannot recommend ButcherBox highly enough. My wife, Lisa, and I go hard in the paint on ButcherBox. Nearly half of my daily calories come from ButcherBox because they go above and beyond to source the highest quality meats and seafood with no added hormones or antibiotics ever. Every month, you can let ButcherBox curate a box of high-quality cuts for you or you can customize your own box with the exact cuts you want, which is Lisa and I's favorite option. When you eat Butcher Box, you are giving your body the best possible building blocks to work with so you can reach your full potential. Go hard, guys. You've got to take care of yourself at a cellular level. So eat better this year with the best meat and seafood on the planet delivered directly to your door. ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential: 3 pounds of chicken thighs, 2 pounds of ground beef, or 1 pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year, plus get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com/impact and use code IMPACT to choose your free offer and get $20 off. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. If you've got a lot of great ideas inside of you that could literally change the world, but you're keeping them locked away out of doubt or fear of failure please listen up. Within you is a unique blend of ideas, dreams, and passions that no one else possesses. And it's time to take action on them and put them out into the world with Squarespace. Squarespace makes it simple and straightforward to create a website, engage with your audience, and sell your ideas with their all-in-one website platform. Easily customize Squarespace templates so your website stands out and makes an impact. And get insights into your website and email performance with built-in analytics, so you can be constantly improving your site, sales, and strategies to reach your goals. And I hope those goals are aggressive. I'm telling you guys, you can take action today, not next week or next month or next quarter. Today, and get your ideas out there with Squarespace. That's how you get into the physics of progress and get better. So. So head over right now to squarespace.com slash impact for a free 14-day trial and 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Again, that's squarespace.com slash impact. Please do not die with these ideas inside of you. Get out there, put them to the test. Go to squarespace.com slash impact.
1: Um. I think you are, and me, and everybody in this room, we suffer from something called FDS, frequency-dependent selection. Nature says, I like to diversify. In every country in the world, women, when they give birth, about 50% male sex, 50% female sex. There's a value in sexual reproduction. That's why there's two sexes. Some species don't do it. Ferns don't do it. Lesser evolved species, ferns, earthworms, they don't have male, female, sex. But it's a diversification. In a community like in this room, I know in this room, not everybody sees the world like you. You're more of a will to power. About 25% of the world, especially men, was distributed the genes to seek mastery, status, power. But nature or God is smart. If there's too many people, and I'm more like you, if there's too many people like us, can you have all leaders with no followers? You must have people who follow. You can't have only architects for a beautiful house like you live in, you need somebody to, to build the house. So nature FDS, frequency dependent selection says, all right, we got enough of those guys. Let's present 25% of populations driven by mating. I just did a, did a seminar with women CEOs, it was amazing. Women sometimes score as their unconscious motivators, 95% mating. Some men do too, there was, so nature goes, I want some people who care about love and family. But I don't want them all because I need a few Genghis Khans. <laughs> I need a few. I, I need be, Sometimes population gets too big. I need the scourge of God that comes through and modulates a population so they don't overeat. Nature's been doing that for a long time. Attila the Huns, Stalins, Putin. I'm not justifying what they do. I'm just recording history. This is the known history of man. Nature says, I want about 25% of people who actually like material things. There are people who get tremendous pleasure from holding a stack of cash. It's not me and you. Do you keep a lot of cash in your wallet? Nope. I have a cousin, he is of that FDS. Nature said, I'm gonna give you the genes. He likes physical things. You know who those people become? Those people become, sometimes are great artists because artists is holding a thing, like a sculptor. They like the thing. Michelangelo was probably a thing-driven person. He says, "I saw in the sculpture." He said, "I saw in the rock, the treasure." He could see. That's a material-driven person. Me and you, I don't, I don't care. Like if if I didn't wasn't on camera, I I'm, I don't know what I'd be wearing right now. Remember, we're wearing a tank top. I'm not. When I did my here in my garage video, people didn't believe me when I said here in my garage. But here's my new Lambo. But you know what I like more than material things? Knowledge, because I am a movement freedom person. So you, it'd be interesting, I haven't quizzed you, but you may be, let me ask you this. You got a choice. I wire you a billion dollars, okay? You're already rich, but let's say, I wire you a hundred bill, okay? Cash, no after tax. But you must be celibate, no love, no romance for the next 10 years. And, And your wife, you got a great wife. I was just talking to her. You guys got to live apart for 10 years. You're just a solo man. Or you have a massive love and you got a million bucks is all you'll ever have in your bank account. Which one are you taking?
0: A million bucks, very easy. Okay,
1: next. So that's mating higher than material. Okay, next. You can have the love, this million bucks in your bank account at all times. Not extraordinary wealth, but wealth no freedom you will have to go no further than one mile from this house people can come to you no freedom and you must work on a nine to five schedule normal nine to five monday even if you work for yourself monday to friday okay so you get the love no freedom or you get the freedom but your wife got to be apart no sex for 10 years which one you take
0: um, ah, I like I, this and yeah, how I, I would really need to understand the I mean the the reality is I would trade nothing for my wife so if we had to be apart for 10 years basically you could do anything but rob me of my health and I'm always going to choose my wife but that's my wife versus if I were single I would let's make say let's very say the first month you met her uh first month I met her I was not in love yet so but no women no been, sex 10 years that would are you taking the freedom yeah that would be that would be what i would advise myself unless no, i am not no, knew, but i care about the unconscious where are you going um, what would i have done back then even now fast forward pretend
1: you had been single all these years you just met your wife you're getting along three months but you have to break it off and you have ultimate freedom you do what you want no schedule you travel you got a yeah. little bit of money not much but
0: life has nothing better to offer you than love so i'll take love okay love last you keep the love but you're an unknown soul. You wield no power. You Mm
1: will no respect. You have no real impact on the world. You might have it on your mom, dad, you know, friends. You're anonymous, but you got love. Or you have the ultimate will to power. You are both loved and feared, as Conan the Barbarian would say, or King is gone. The thoughts in your mind become real and you change the world, but you are celibate for the next 10 years, Mm -hmm. assuming you had just met your wife. Now, which
0: one? Yeah, I mean, assuming that I had just met my wife, yeah. I would, and didn't know, I, you have to kill my now understanding that life has nothing better to offer you than love. So now, from this perspective, for yeah. sure the love. Okay. But at the time, in no no way, shape or form would I have chosen anything other than being able to build and create the things I wanted to build and create, for sure. Yeah.
1: That's what I thought, because notice, The way you speak of the world and the conscious, you just gave me a long talk before I gave my long talk about how you can change the world with power and money gives you more mastery. You don't want the material things. You just What we just talked about just unfolded. I would say you're primarily, environmentally, you've now become mating-driven. You were born mastery and status and you taught yourself to be wiser Okay, very few people do that. You're more advanced than the average person. But these are very strong impulses. And this one's so strong that if I talk to your wife, she's not here, one day we'll have to have a round table with her there. You probably naturally continually pull this way. There's probably a tension in your marriage that sometimes she has to check and say, no, love is more important. You're you're
0: trying to influence too much the world. She wouldn't say it in, in that term, but you're 100% correct. So I in my marriage because we agree that our marriage is our highest priority. yes. Because there's nothing I value more than what my relationship has given me, not success, not adoration, literally all of that pales in comparison to truly being seen and loved and building something together and sharing a life just really is, if you're wired like me, it is the peak of what life has to offer you. And it's extraordinary. And I could never have imagined something so wonderful. However, that doesn't stop me from having this incredible drive to want to have impact. I mean, obviously it's called impact theory for a reason. So that really, really matters to me. And being able to balance the two, and this is I think the core of my thesis, because all I'm saying is I want people to understand what money and power actually are. Because once you know that that thing in your hand is a sword and not a hammer, but that a hammer exists, Then when you need a hammer, go get a hammer. When you need a sword, go get the sword. And I think people are really delusional about what they are because from the outside, the only way to map the territory is with your emotion about how you feel about people that have that thing. And so it gives myself, very much included, a warped sense of what it is. So for the first decade of my entrepreneurial career, I was just chasing money. Mm -hmm. And it made me profoundly unhappy. Now, had I not gone down that road of chasing money, getting money and still being unhappy, then I never would have realized, oh, wait, this isn't the game. So to your point, you should have traced mastery from day one. That's what I would have told you. You I would have told you to be I would have told you to
1: be like a Tony Robbins. I would have told you to be a leader of men. That's fine. Look, man, it's just what's interesting. The ultimate scam in this world. Mm hmm is I literally am one of the only people talking about this. All those fucking million therapists, what the fuck are therapists and psychologists doing? Sometimes people, when I do a talk like this, they go, "Tire, are you a doctor, you're speaking on health, are you a doctor, are you, you're speaking on psychology, are you a psychologist? Are you, you know, you're speaking on business, do you have a Harvard MBA? I go, have you noticed? Doctors have failed us, nobody's healthy in America, almost nobody. Psycho- Everybody's unhappy. Psychologists have failed us. Have you noticed that most people are poor? Economists and business teachers have failed us. So I've gone on my own. And it's a tragedy that I have to do this, but I do this with opportunity. I make my mess my message. You and I are the victim of a time in history. The rise. There's three trends. I just wrote a new book, The Three Trends. Trend number one is the rise and fall of governments. It's still per it still corrupts us now we went through government schools you know we went did you go to college yeah okay i dropped out you know that they charge you 80 to two hundred thousand of debt to go to college and university and they never take you they never have you take a quiz or do anything fuck career counseling bullshit they don't do shit they don't help you know the unconscious mind it would have been better for you to seek mastery first. And the good news is you've come full circle like a boomerang. You're back to it. I could have predicted that 10 years ago. No matter what, you'll come back to the will to power. What were your mom and dad like?
0: Uh, you probably have to ask me questions to get an answer. My mom is Who high Who was anxiety. sure they're right more? Neither of them. No? To their detriment. Who overthought things? My mom. How would you describe your dad? Um, very um he doesn't know how to manifest his will he feels like you make the best out of life he's he had a thing on his desk that i remember to this day in his office that said the beatings will continue until the morale improves and i remember when i first saw it i found that absolutely hysterical and then as I've gotten older, I realized, oh, my God, my dad f- believed himself to be a cog in the machine, and his only outlet was acerbic humor. And but are you
1: sure your dad didn't have a will to power? But at the time in history, men were emasculated, and there wasn't social media. There wasn't the ability to start your own business. Are you sure your dad didn't
0: have the will to power? I think everybody has the will to Not, power to many extent. people I don't so you don't see it as a spectrum you see it as a binary switch. oh no no for sure there's a spectrum but at some point on a one to hundred yeah, scale so my dad's low we'll fall off. for sure very low i'd
1: like to meet your
0: dad yeah I mean, i'm guessing yeah i'm guessing you take that because genetics play a big role in your worldview no no because he was conscious of the fact he was making jokes
1: there's an ancient proverb much truth is said in jest mm-hmm. your dad would what we make jokes about what we self-deprecate is often our unconscious mind that we're not powerful enough to do so many men i saw this the second i put a lamborghini video out all the virtue signaler men said i don't care about lamborghinis who's this douchebag those guys specifically commenting they were the ones who wanted the lambo but they couldn't get it so they how do you it's called pain avoiding delusion you see it Ultimately, sometimes people have full psychotic breaks with reality. But how do we cope with the pain of this world? We pretend we don't want that thing. But the fact that your dad had a joke on his desk means it was it was coming bubbling to the top.
0: Yeah. So I, I think everybody has the will to power for sure. Now, you I, may. I don't think they do. Okay, so just a second ago, I asked you, is this on a Mm -hmm. spectrum? Yes, no, or is it binary? Because if it's on a spectrum, then I will give you, some people are going to be way lower on the spectrum. I'll even give you that it probably breaks way more men, are way more will-to-power than women. All of that makes sense anecdotally with what I see out in the world. But uh, And look, I have not sat down and like broken down my dad, but experientially, I will say that my dad is so content in his life now outside of... um, He's no longer working, he's retired, and he loves his life. Now, his life is the classic puttering around the house. What did he do? Uh, was he was he? a purchasing manager. So what about your
1: grandparents?
0: Uh, now, my grandfather on his side, he died when my dad was six months old, so I never met him, but from just what he did in life was very high on the will to power. Which is what? Uh, he was an inventor and he um, had some patents. And ended up getting in a scandalous relationship with my grandmother, who was 44 years younger than him, at a time where that was like clutch the pearl. Your dad was DiCaprio. I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My <laughs> grandfather, yeah. Ca- your, sorry,
1: your grandfather. Yeah. DiCaprio you
0: Yes, exactly. So um, he ended up having to sell all his patents and move to a small town, which is why by the time I got to my dad, there was no money. And he grew up without a dad. But and that's also mating-driven. terms. Uh yes and I don't know him so I l- literally have no idea I what he I tell people was go really deep like.
1: into your genes you're 25% is it people parents are 50% related to you grandparents you,
0: are 25 you tell people that because you want them to understand themselves Yes it's interesting so you and I I agree that's yeah. super powerful you need to understand yourself amazing But I am fatalistic when it comes to genes mm-hmm. so I'm just like look you're you are 50% of you roughly is hardwired. You're not gonna be able to change it. So understanding it, very useful. But the 50% of you that's malleable is where I focus. So if you and I were being interviewed separately, you would tell a tale of know your genetics, understand how this all plays out, don't fight. In fact, one of the quotes that I pulled from you was it's something like, uh, here it is, biology is God and society is man-made. And you were basically saying, don't fight the fed, don't fight biology. Like you are a slave to your genes. Now that gives me hives. I agree with you that that it it isn't that I don't (laughs) like it. So here, in fact, everybody says that uh, if you are not religious, you do have a God. I have a God and that God is effectiveness. I am obsessed with effectiveness. Now, all of that for me is predicated on, I believe that your goal ought to be honorable so that you don't end up with a Hitler who's very effective at killing people. That is not interesting to me. I don't celebrate that. But if you're trying to build something honorable, now I'm like, hey, motherfucker, if you are not paying attention to what works and what does not work, you are making a huge mistake. So I get it. There's some amount of me that is absolutely hardwired and there's nothing I'm gonna be able to do to stop it. Cool. I'm not gonna fight that because I think you're right. But I am gonna spend an inordinate amount of time focused on the part of me that can change. And now, if you understand you are both things you can't change, and so you better understand them and be able to contend with them and do not become their slave. This is why I tell people to become, you must get emotional control because evolution is fucking with you. But over here, there are things that you can change. And just all of my thinking, everything that I do is optimized for the part I can change. So I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. I just, I, what I'm trying to get people to focus on is Please don't think you're a blank slate, which is, I think, a big part yeah. of where you're coming from. The the just madness that I'm watching unfold with what's happening in society when we're no longer being chased by a lion. And so people can indulge any right. intellectual fantasy that's totally detached from what's affected. You know who predicted this, Fuck, by the crazy. way? Uh, Nietzsche, for Call sure. Karl Marx. <sighs> So Tell I'm not a
1: communist. More. In fact, this weekend I'm going on a debate where I'm the what capitalist. What did he predict exactly? He basically predicted if you create too much wealth and ease, people go cuckoo for cocoa buffs. Mm. That was one of his things against capitalism. He's like, communists, we're all gonna stay farmers. Now, communism failed in his conception, but he was right about that thing. I give a man credit. Now, when you, ha- it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. At the bottom, when we're all kind of farmers, like the Amish, they have 500% less depression than modern society. Because everybody's like, I got to milk the cow, and you just stay. You don't try to think you're more important. But as we move up Maslow's Hierarchy of Need, the top is individual expression. So I saw, I saw an art exposition in New York City where somebody was, there was a group watching them. And the art was, he was using his body as a cheese grater. And somebody was lifting him up and down and he was grating cheese. And people were like, wow, this is magnificent art. And I was thinking, Karl Marx was right. Marx, this guy's insane. He needs a farm. He needs, this guy needs to be milking a cow or cutting down a tree for firewood. I agree with you on that. By the way, on, on genetics, it's domain specific. IQ is like mostly. IQ, height, eye color, skin color is like 80 plus percent heritable. Some things aren't heritable at all. If we all are in a car crash at 100 miles an hour, uh, there's no heritability. You can't have inherited a gene to withstand that if you don't have a seatbelt on. So there's d- you always got to think about there's things you can change. You know that there's an AA, Alcoholics Anonymous prayer. I don't remember. It's the serenity prayer. It's like, you know, God, give me the strength to change the things that I can change and the whatever, serenity to accept the things. Here.
0: God grant me the serenity to accept oh, there the we things God I not yes. change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom the wisdom to, know the, to know the
1: difference. That's kind of a woo-woo way of what we know scientifically is there's some, you can't, but, but my thing about going to your ancestors, we don't have to talk about this forever, this is a, we need to do a psychology talk at one point, but the re, everybody's lost in this world. I rarely find somebody who's on the right path now a simple Can thing. Can you define the right path first? Know thyself. First piece of self-help in the modern world. The Oracle of Delphi. You go to Greece, there was a there was a cave, and they wrote on the wall the best advice that mankind had had up to that point. And the first piece of advice was know thyself. But back then, they didn't understand. What Nietzsche said, the mind's an impenetrable fortress. You only learn about yourself through friends and enemies. That's why, you know the best advice, practical advice you can have on what career to take? What enemies compliment you on. Because an enemy never gives you a false compliment. Mm. So I have people who love my brand, people who would die for me, literally. I had somebody hack me the other day and a random guy wrote me on WhatsApp. Don't know how he got my number. He's like, I hacked the hacker. And I was like, who are you? He's like, dude, you've saved my life. You'll never know. You never have to know who I am. You've made me millions of dollars. Whoa. Fuck that guy. I destroyed him. So a bigger hacker attacked some random hacker. Some people who hate, love me and I have people who hate, I, I'm, a, I'm a force. I split people down the middle. And the people who don't like me, I still listen to their compliments. Like, fuck that guy is just a good marketer, but he doesn't know what he's talking about. Then I become a marketer. Fuck that guy. I don't agree with anything he said On that podcast, he's damn entertaining to listen to. Then I become an entertainer. So for go back, my mom, who's sitting right there. My mom used to even your own parents will give you compliments when they're maddest at you. I'm so I'm so mad at you." you. She my mom says, you're a bulldog. When you believe in something, you won't stop. Well, that's my strength, too. When I build a business, you know, if it if it's failing, I'll stick with it till I rebuild it. So know thyself. Listen to the compliments of thine enemies. That's one. I used to say, you do this thing called I call it Eulerian destiny, like geometry. You take four circles where they all connect. What you should do with life. So number one is the compliment uh, of enemies, or the compliments, uh, the uh, compliments of your mom when she's mad at you also count. The other circle is thine ancestors. When we say know ourself, what is ourself? We are the DNA is. Some scientists think the most magical thing on earth, Einstein said the most magical thing on earth was compound interest. Other smart people, and I agree with them, said the most profound thing they haven't figured out is what is DNA? Where did it come from? Did aliens seed the planet? We don't understand. It's the closest thing to having been immortal. So when I say I'm Ty Lopez, am I Ty Lopez or am I my mom, Andrea, and my dad, Ernesto, and his father, and so know that I'd ancestors because in ancestors you will find the clues to your strengths and weaknesses and so in my ancestors what are strengths i mean one of my my great-grandfather was a great well i have many great scientists in my family martin birkenrode my mom's dad was a is a famous scientist he was a child prodigy and taught at yale before he had an undergrad degree so teaching now what's the weaknesses there's much mental illness in my family My dad had MPD, narcissistic personality disorder, probably a level of psychopathy too. He ended up in prison. You can see the prison from here, Long Long Beach, Terminal Island. Um, So he had a temper. My dad will kill you. No problem. You know, everybody has this thing about, I grew up talking back to my parents. (laughs) I didn't grow up with my dad all the time, but ain't nobody ever talked back to my, dude come out of prison. My dad was an OG, he's blind in one eye knife wounds and all this stuff from Harlem but that's a weakness you have to control I have to control rage and anger so the second circle you draw you got your compliments of enemies and you draw your ancestors and make sure you at least I like to go back to great-grandparents great-grandparents have 12 and percent so you have eight grandpa- great-grandparents that's eight and a half percent they're as related to you as your two damn parents who are 50 percent. your parents are just a more concentrated version of that Okay, so then the third one is what you talk about consciously on a Saturday night when you're not working. I talk a lot about psychology when I'm not working. it makes sense for, that I became a marketer? It became sense that I became an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship, you make money when you know people. Isn't it ironic that the man consistently the richest in the last 10 years is, you know, it, some of them, Jeff Bezos, Zuckerberg, these people did a lot of psychology courses too. Psychology make you wealthy. Elon Musk, the best applied psychologist on this earth. Oh, he reads, I watch him, <laughs> effective altruism um, manipulate the soul of mankind. And hopefully, like you said, for the world of power, it's for good. But don't ever think he's not a master puppet man who's, now he, he bought Twitter, so he now has 5% of the globe. Check his app and he can weave the web. He's the Spider-Man, not the Batman. So you need to, what do you talk about on a Saturday night? That's the third circle. And the fourth circle, what you've been doing? Because there's a lot of clues on what you've been doing. What were you doing before Impact Theory? Quest. Well, before Quest?
0: Uh, It was a software company. None of those things will get you where you want to go. But what before that? What were we doing at 14? Filmmaking. Filmmaking. Yeah. Yeah, that.
1: Mastery status to be known Mm -hmm. to be. It is. It's an that, expression.
0: Well, so ironically, yes. To I didn't think of it that way. So never do. I'll I'll explain it how I thought of it, and then you can um, help me go a layer deeper. So, the way that I understood myself at that time was I have I clearly have a much bigger emotional reaction to a film than other people. I'm more drawn in, I have a stronger emotional reaction, Um, I remember them longer, they really began to shape my sense of the world. So for instance, The Matrix to me is a perfect metaphor for the human condition. So when I saw that movie, it actually gave me a framework with which to think. And so I often tell people I think in movies. So there's a whole series of things where I'm a hyper responder to that art form. But I also, at 14, was a hyper responder to poetry. So I remember one day going, okay, mating. Do, do we become a poet or do we become a filmmaker? And the reason I became the filmmaker, you're going to love this, is because there was no money in poetry and I could get rich in film. Because this is like the 80s, early 90s when Hollywood is still popping off. When Hollywood had status. Yes. Oh, you're, for sure. You're a stat. You're,
1: you're not a money guy. I don't think you don't have jewelry. You're dressed nonchalant. You're a status, but mating is there. So it's like. Like like you said, it's like I want to be a poet. What do poets do well with all? Po- if you're an ugly dude, become a po- poet. Poets do well with women, my friend.
0: Man, you know some Pablo, poets I don't know. Pablo
1: Neruda. I mean, you read Pablo Neruda to a woman all a, a word smithing. I mean, yeah, not all poets, but
0: many. Well, what do you think Drake is? What do you think? What do you think? I think Drake is a are? pop star. I do not think he's a poet. Now, he is wordplay. Yeah, but he uses ghostwriters and so I've heard I am not a Drake scholar, but um yeah, that's interesting cuz going back to your earlier point, he's somebody that can control culture. Now, people that understand he's people, like you. they understand the cultural movements. Mating, mastery. It's very possible. Um that would have been a good that's it you're in your thing. You did it. You did it life came full circle you try to move away from your eulerian destiny and oh i did not try everything in my life because so here's the tale it's funny we were just talking about this before i started rolling people do not know me for the thing that i consider myself i consider myself an artist i am obsessed with storytelling video games filmmaking comic books like that's that is my life it has been my life since i was 12 years old from the time i was 12 I yes. knew that I was going to be a storyteller. Yes. Now, the bad news is that graduating in the late 90s from film school, I did not know how to break into the industry. YouTube doesn't exist. There's no cell phone with a camera. A no budget film is $100,000. Yes. I'd never met anybody with that kind of money. Uh, so end up teaching film, meet these two very successful guys. They're like, look, you're coming to the world with your hand out, and if you wanna be a filmmaker, you're gonna to have to control the resources. And so I was like, okay, word, I need to get rich. I'll go into business. I thought it would take 18 months. It took 15 years, yeah. but it worked. So all of the like chasing money and all of that was just so that I could do what I'm finally doing now. Right. Now, if I were to recommend to somebody a strategy, this would not be the one. That's right, go which, straight what you want. Correct, which brings us back to my God, which That's is right. effectiveness. You needed my Eulerian destiny this talk. I did. I Tano needed Pez. it too. Where were you no, I needed 25 it. years ago? I
1: needed it. You know why I became what I am? When I was 19, I went to a talk. One of the first millionaires I knew was a guy named Alan Nation. He spoke in a little town of Virginia. And I came up and I had questions. What do I do, and what I do? And I said, nobody seems to have the answer. I said, nobody seems to have the answer. And he said, that means you have to become that person. And so I've spent my life becoming the person that could give me the answers that I couldn't find from the world at 19. Mm-hmm. I found my destiny too. You found yours. That's why I said, nature laughs last. Or you ever heard of the movie of mice and men? Yes, of course. Famous movie? Yep. Famous book. Famous book. Well, the full poem goes something like, the best laid plans of mice and men go awry. It's like we have our conceptions, but in the end, God laughs last and says, in my frequency dependent selection, I need you to be this, you will be this. And some people become it, which is you, you won. And some people don't. I think that's your dad, but your dad won through you. Your dad, it would have been very interesting. You should ask your dad, what did he wanna do at 14? Your dad, you might be the winner. Your dad, you know what I bet you it is? I'll tell you something interesting that people don't talk enough about. That's crazy mind blowing to me. We can read people in many ways. You know, I my cockiest thing about myself is I will put a million dollars down and go head to head at anybody at cold reading people. I think I'm the best person at reading people. And I don't even think the second best is 50% as good as me. And I will put money and I will swipe money. Anybody want to go to Vegas and lose their money, put a million bucks down. We'll go cold read a long street of people. Now that's my narcissistic side coming out. Okay. I have acknowledgement of this. Uh, but you're allowed to be narcissistic in one thing, and people will give you that. If you start getting too narcissistic, people get mad. But um, Jung, you should listen to Jung on YouTube. YouTube is a gift to mankind. Before he died, somebody, some interviewer interviewed Carl Jung, the disciple of Freud, one of the greatest men to ever live. And And there's a quote I keep on my phone. This is, if you ever want to write a quote down and get a tattoo, write this quote down. He wrote a textbook. By the way, the concept of introvert-extrovert was invented by, by Jung. He invented the worm. He also invented the word psyche that we use now, or sorry, persona. So listen to this. This is a mind-blowing. He wrote a book called Psychological Types. In respect of one's own personality, one's judgment is, as a rule, extraordinarily clouded. So I meet people, one of the ways I read people is I'm like, tell me what you think of yourself. And I'm like, okay, that's what they're not. So I've cut out fifty percent of the thing. Your dad's self-conception—he's probably opposite. And but he, remember what Thoreau said: the mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. What's called resignation is confirmed desperation. Your dad eventually resigned himself, and he's like, I—he I, was stuck in—he was—he was stuck in a matrix in time where you—it was very hard to be an entrepreneur. When jeff bezos started in 94 he had to borrow from his parents about $250,000 to put a website up that was the rise of corporates it just there's three trends every man and woman needs to know to create wealth the first trend in modern civilization was the rise and fall of governments there was a time where government cared about you there was a time when the u.s in the 1800s there was less than 1% income tax. The government wasn't out to exploit you. There was a time when there were men like Abraham Lincoln, who was no saint, but he wasn't there trying to get rich. He wasn't going to retire from the presidency and make a million dollars with a Netflix thing or a book special. I forgot, one of the recent presidents made a hundred, Obama has a hundred million dollar book deal after. There was no opportunity. Abraham Lincoln died. So did JFK. So there was a time when governments were there for you. They weren't overreaching. There wasn't much taxation. They weren't printing too much money, so there wasn't much inflation. And there weren't so much corruption. You know that Abraham Lincoln, every single day, I think Monday through Friday, he had the White House open. You could walk in and talk to the president. They had a line in the 1800s. You could talk to them. They were accessible. That has fallen. What we've seen through recent events, COVID and other events, government is not only not, nobody's waking up thinking about you, but they're probably there to fuck you. Elizabeth Warren passes a law that allows her to continue to trade stocks. So she makes hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe on inside information. Nobody knows. I don't know. But I've heard people say it. Abraham Lincoln wasn't trading stocks from his position. He died. He died because he was an accessible person. And madmen came in. So it was a rise and fall of governments. Then what was next? The rise and fall of... Trend two was... The rise and fall of corporations. And your dad was a victim of that. See, starting, let's say, 1920s, you had the rise of corporations. You had Coca-Cola. You had IBM. They were nameless, faceless corporations. People got trapped in the nine to five. That's the matrix. Your dad probably had an eye. He was a purchasing agent. He was stuck in that thing. You could not start a business on your own if your parents weren't rich. Like Even in 94, to put a website up cost in that time was $200,000. Dollar inflation adjust that cost a million bucks. Now you go to Shopify or WordPress, you put a website up for zero dollars. So 2020, you had the rise and fall of governments being useful to you. You had the rise and fall of corporations. You know, corporations used to be loyal to you. You had a job in the 1950s. You got a pension, you retired at 60. They didn't fire you. That's all gone now. The rise and fall of corporations, they'll fuck you, not help you. So what's left? The rise of the individual. And you're early trend catcher. And I'm an early trend catcher, but it just started really in 2020. And so what you were able to do that your dad would could not do because he was stuck in that I call it not the matrix, I call it the machine. It was still the corporate machine. He didn't have the opportunity to express his will to power. But the good news is, he lives on through you. And you did it because there's now tools for the individual to win. Before to do a show like this? I remember in my time, we, to buy TV space, because there was no internet, you had to have a million up front to run commercials. I remember reaching out from Raleigh, North Carolina, I wanna run a nationwide commercial. And the guy selling TV ad said, yeah, it'll be a million bucks. I'm like, what? But now the rise of individual, you can start a Facebook ad for five bucks. So we live in better times. And so everybody has to catch the rise of the individual. As I told you, it used to be the government would give you good health advice. Now, the government has lied to everybody about health, and it's been that way. In the 50s, they were wrong, and they said you should eat margarine, not butter. You shouldn't give your babies breast milk. You should give them formula. So now you become an individual, you figure out your own. You used to be stuck in a classroom that taught you nothing. Now it's the rise of individual, educate thyself. You and a small community. You build a tribe now, you and a tribe. And so it's good times, man. good times. Everything's good to quote the famous comedian, what's his name? That got canceled, but now is back. Everything's amazing and everybody's anxious. <laughs> everything's amazing. You build a website for $0. You could self-educate yourself. You could go to a gym. I think most gyms have an $8 a month thing. People didn't even know about gyms 100 years ago. Now you can get in shape reverse reverse aging with, you know, weights reverse aging. So everything's amazing. But as Karl Marx said, we're too high up the Maslow hierarchy of needs. That's why I tell people, you know what you do? Here's a hack. I have never told people this on a podcast, but I'll I'll tell you, Tom. What you do is you have the wealth of the top of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but you take the cautionary tale from Karl Marx and you live closer to the bottom of hierarchy of needs. That's why I spend half my time on a farm now. A little log cabin. I can have big mansion. I've lived in a big mansion. 17 bedrooms, 18 bathrooms. You know, I got a little log house built by the Amish. Keep yourself grounded or you will go kooky. And we live in a society where people are... Never be stuck with one species. People are stuck in cities with one species. Yeah, they got their little poodle dogs, which most people don't even like their dogs because they keep their dogs trapped in a little apartment. Dogs want to be free, but whatever. I'm not insulting anybody, but if you really cared about the dog, no dog's happier in a city. I know it's a necessary evil, but get away. Find a little piece of land. 90% of the world lives urban now. That means there's going to be 90% insanity in this world. You got to get to the bottom of where you're just having I told your wife this before i was like you guys should buy a little farm she's like i'm a city person i'm like but for your sanity for your sanity don't spend all the time in the city rise and fall of the roman empire everybody says men talk about the roman empire why years ago i read gibbons you know the rise and fall of the roman empire he said it was it became too urban too many lawsuits too much corruption of politicians they used to say we got to go back to our old roman ways when we lived on the farm and out in nature you know and so um, many empires have fallen when they become too urban. So the Greek empire, city-states, all this is a problem. Get back out. Native Americans were happy, and the Amish are the closest things to Native Americans, and they are the happiest people, man. It's crazy.
0: Okay, we're going to have to clash world views here. So Good, let's do I it. Think there, There's so much about what you're saying that that I agree with very much. I think it's bang it's more on. more interesting when you disagree. Um, okay, so the the thing that i agree with one just on the the last part i think that um getting back to nature is very interesting and while both my wife and i are very much city people yeah you, to your point about you really have to map yourself even if you're talking to your enemies to figure out exactly who you are, I completely buy what Nietzsche said about we're, we really are blind to ourselves and it's only yep. through feedback. We actually have a system here at Impact Theory that we got from Ray Dalio called um, the Dot Collector. And the Dot mm-hmm. Collector allows people to give you real-time feedback constantly all the time mm-hmm. on like 40 different variables. And then over time you develop this cloud of dots that really begins to tell you, are you good at this thing or not good at that thing? And it is pretty surprising how often you're not good at something you thought you were good oh, at. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that has certainly been eye-opening. But 1,600, I, uh, the average man
1: overestimates his ability to have a street, to win at a street fight by 1,600%. Jesus. You ever meet man? It's like, that's what I told you. Men are out here so out of shape now they're pulling muscles during podcasts. But man's like, I could whip this guy's ass.
0: Yeah. Anyway, a sorry little bit, a, no, not, not at all. A little bit of delusion goes a long way. The most delusional people are the happiest. So but they die some, younger. You yeah. know that
1: they die. I went to Argentina. If
0: you run into a fight that you were that outmatched. <laughs> yes. You're going to die young.
1: I went to Buenos Aires. My friend got married there. He's Argentinian and his karate teacher went, who was a very overweight Asian dude who overestimated. He literally, when we're all flew down the same time, he goes, I'm a black belt. I got you all protected. He's like, he was real cocky. He's like, I know what I'm doing. You looked at the guy. You're like, bro, you can't even protect yourself from donuts. How are you going to protect us in Argentina? We land in Argentina. First day we go visit, it's called the Pink House. It's their version of the White House. Guess who's the first man robbed? That guy. That guy. He overestimated. He wore a Rolex in Buenos Aires. You don't wear Rolexes in South America. A motorcycle. Somebody came up, tapped him on the shoulder. He had a backpack, said, your backpack's open. Another dude came on a... So it distracted him. Another dude came on a moped and grabbed his watch off while he was like looking back. The other dude jumped on. Tra- so this fat karate guy is running down the street after a moped full of two guys. I mean, with two guys on his stalls I ran him down. I said, bro, what you going to do when you get there? You're going to stop. These both dudes going to turn around and stab you to death. You know, overestimation of men. Men yeah. also overestimate their looks. You know, women... There are delusional women, but more men think they're good looking than that are ugly than women do. That surprises people because now society's saying men are women are more delusional. Women get quicker feedback. Other women if they pr- act too pretty, women pop in your their DMs and say, "Hey, you ain't that good." Guys never care about their men other friends looks. Anyway, off on a tangent,
0: very interesting. well, I mean, it's all related to the same idea of understanding yourselves, the foibles that we all have psychology being at the root of this. I mean, it, it really, the reason I wanted to start this interview with you in particular on this is I really do think you are good at identifying what people are like, which is exactly what made you such an effective marketer. Um, and so the, the delineation I'm trying to draw, cause I think it really is going to matter in people's lives is there is what is and then there is what could be. And mm-hmm. I think even though I actually don't believe in free will, mm-hmm. you have to act as if it is real. Otherwise, I, it, you slide denialism. And I don't think that's an effective strategy. And even if I'm just pre-programmed to say that, hey, I'm doing my job. So it, to me, no matter what, you need to act as if you have free will. Right. You need to look at the different branching options in front of you and say which one is going to, and what I advise people to do, identify your goal, and then what choice is going to be most effective in moving you towards your goal. Very simple so taking my dad and dad i love you sorry to drag you into this podcast uh the way that i would look at that is that my dad did not have the right ideas Mm
1: -hmm.
0: to build his frame of reference yeah and if you build the wrong frame of reference which quick encapsulation your frame of reference is your values and your beliefs so your values what you believe ought to be true of yourself in the world and your beliefs are what you believe to actually be true about you and the world. So one is sort of a moral judgment and the other is just a recognition of fact. The problem is we're terrible at recognizing facts. So we oftentimes, especially if we don't know ourselves well, we're painting ourselves into a corner that keeps us smaller than we need to be. Now, because my life is so evenly divided into me before said ideas and me after said ideas, I know the path that I was on. My parents taught me to be a good employee, to keep my head down, do as little work as possible, and avoid punishment at all costs. So that's how I was raised. And then I realized to achieve my goals, that playbook isn't going to work. And because I rank high in mating, all of this comes down to I feel ashamed that I'm not living up to my then girlfriend, now wife, what I told her I was going to do and become in order to win her affections and be able to sleep with her and all the amazing stuff. (laughs) Schopenhauer said men are just driven by three things: food, sex, and maybe boredom too. Yeah, it's interesting. Although I do like your—you <laughs> tagged a fourth one onto that, which was envy, right?
1: Yes, I—I yeah. th- have my—not that I'm smart enough to, uh, maybe so bold to correct Schopenhauer, but uh, studies in pessimism. I threw a little tweak in it: envy.
0: Yeah, I—I I would agree with that. Very you know much. how many
1: men do shit that they don't want to do, but they got to beat that guy over there. Yes. Like, I don't even want these shoes, but this guy has the shoes. Therefore, I will have the shoes that I don't care about.
0: Yeah. Even if it's not pathological. So, for instance, we build video games. Yeah. And you always want to work a leaderboard into your video game because yeah. it's fun. Even if it's only like the leaderboard only shows you and your friends. Yes. It's still fun to be like, oh, I managed to beat you. I climbed up the ranks. Of
1: Snapchat was the first thing to threaten. Now TikTok has threatened Mark Zuckerberg's empire of Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram. But the first one to threaten it was this—the the youngest billionaire up to that time of uh, Evan Spiegel. I think he was a billionaire at 24. Whoa! He married a supermodel. Came out of nowhere. I'm talking two years or something. I forget the story. I think he got fired from something else. Like fuck them. I'm gonna build Snapchat. Becomes a billionaire. Snap Score. So Pete, the more you snapped, you would do streaks Mm. and all this bullshit. I remember, dude, Snap was a, Snap really helped me. I caught it. talking about catching trends. I was one of the first people to a million followers on Snap. They wouldn't tell you how many you had, which I think was a mistake. They didn't, they hid Mm. the envy. But my rep told me, you hit a million. I remember Kylie had 10 million. Jesus. But they would highlight me on the Snap story. I got 18 million views one time on my first, on my story, on the first Snap. was crazy but anyway yes going back to your thing snapchat was smart just by snap score you know they basically caught up to a 10 year old facebook and instagram Mm.
0: yeah i mean anybody that can do the new thing that can tap into the psychology but then add envy yeah i mean that certainly is one of the plays um my thing is so going back to my dad it's he, he had a frame of reference that was not effective. If his goal was, yeah, you know, I really want to exert my will into the world. I want to do the things that I think are amazing. If you had asked him, and I know because I have, the thing he wanted to do was work on cars for a living. That was the thing he just loved. Yes. But anyway, he lets himself get trapped in expectations. He shouldn't have had kids. He has kids. That takes you down a certain shouldn't path. Shouldn't have had
1: kids. Where you wouldn't be he shouldn't here. shouldn't
0: have had kids. No, my dad will be the first to tell you he shouldn't have had kids. <laughs> But that he did, he's obviously so kind and loving and I love my dad and we get along great. And he's like, look, I shouldn't have had kids, but now it's the greatest joy of my life. Like, yeah. I mean, the whole thing. People but should have kids. We'll get into that because I actually agree with you, despite the fact that I'm not having kids. Right. But I think it's the safest. But path you're forward. not done. I'm done. Yeah. We'll see. Have you Man, ever been
1: showing something and change your mind?
0: Uh, yeah, but let's say I change my mind. My wife is 44. So, bon chance, my friend. We'd we'd have to go way the fuck out of our way. Anyway, uh, we'll come back to that. Very interesting, super important conversation. (laughs) Uh, And as a PSA, I think the vast majority of people, if you want, but if you're on the fence, the vast majority of people should for reasons of populating the world and fulfillment. I think fulfillment is the reason I say it. But Okay, so anyway, my dad, frame of reference, not moving. He doesn't. Have a growth mindset. So he doesn't believe I can do anything Sorry that I for set defacing my mind. facing your property. That's okay. You're I owe right. you. So Adrian, put it on
1: my bill. One armrest. I like this. You should just keep it this way forever. Is it sign that you were here? Yeah. I know when people ask, you just say, I had this maniac. Hi Lopez. And was you don't have to so say my strong. name. There was a maniac here. And uh, we argued about free will. And he, you know, start ripping things and throwing just exactly embellish this is Hollywood.
0: We won't have to argue about. But you
1: gotta embellish. This is Hollywood. Hollywood doesn't tell the truth,
0: man. I have a very difficult time embellishing. It's not my shtick. You
1: have cartoons on the wall. They're not real. That's
0: embellishment. Interesting. Storytelling to you is embellishment. Well, cartoons. I see Wonder Woman there. There
1: ain't no woman that looks like that. It's embellishment. By the way, can I throw something out that I haven't told many people that is sometimes people ask what's the current things running through your mind? It's not the Roman empire. I did that like 10 years ago. That's old news, real old. The thing to be thinking about now is what has the world for, forgot to put into the calculation of life? One plus one is two. Okay, we got that one down, great. Even big government knows that. One plus one, $1 to the IRS, plus $1 to the California tax attorney equals $2. <laughs> If you make four, I was in the 52.5% tax bracket. Yay for the US. You, every million dollars you make, you get $520,000 to the government. And they can't even fix the potholes. I don't know where that money went. Prior to, I won't say to who, I know. Anyway, here's the thing nobody thinks about. And I'm not the person to invent it, but I'm gonna popularize it. There was a, several famous scientists who came up with this term of risk aversion. Humans are risk averse. So we have all these things. You have Myers-Briggs, 16 personalities. You know you're an ENTP, ENFJ, INFJ. It's somewhat doesn't help people to find out they're an advocate or something. It's a stupid test that 800 million people have taken. No offense to that company, but the Myers-Briggs test is, that's okay for dating, but it it's subpar. Because we forgot one thing. Do you know there's a possibility the only difference between you and your dad is he was a low risk taker and you're high. I find that to be the most predictive thing. I have a big, you know, I've got phone sales guys who sell for me. I used to teach them this system called the PACE system. You analyze people's personalities, you break them into practical action, social or emotional, and you tweak your sales pitch to their personality, okay? I now have a more advanced system called TENS, threat-based, empathy-based, novelty-based, structure-based, it's more based off hormones but I'm the first person to introduce. There's no quiz ever made by a human that factors in your risk tolerance. Now I tell my sales guys, fuck reading people. Tell me all you got to know is two things about somebody. Do they actually have any liquid money? Because you can't sell somebody something for 10 bucks if they only have nine bucks in the bank. Number two, are they low, medium or high risk taker? Dude, you can live your whole life if, if you're watching and you want to learn how to read people, and by today, the end of the day, by midnight, be better than 99% of all psychologists, all therapists, all great thinkers when it comes to human behavior, you can just learn one thing. Learn to read people. So let me ask you something. Have you ever punched somebody after age 12? No. Okay. Bungee jumping. Any, do, Definitely do, not. Do you do anything scary?
0: I run a company. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, it's the ultimate risk. Yeah, no, I agree. Have you ever bet at all on something that could have lost it all?
0: Yes. A significant amount? Yeah, my entire house, every dollar I had in the bank. Okay, so you're a high-risk taker. Only entrepreneurially. But that counts.
1: So actually, scientists break out fearfulness. So there's a Hexaco score, 25. The most accurate personality test was 25 subfacets, Hexaco. H is for honesty, E is emotionality, X is extroversion, A is agreeableness, C is conscientiousness, O is openness to new experience. They all break down into sub facets. There's about 25 of them. Under emotionality, it actually is very intelligent. It differentiates. A test built in like 1990s differentiates between fearfulness, which you have high fearfulness. You don't like going on a motorcycle 100 miles an hour. You don't like, you know, jumping out of a plane. I'm like that, too. I don't like physical pain. I've already, I do jujitsu. I've done boxing like a lot of my life. I've already been hit. I'm not excited about that. But we have low anxiety. We have, a, we have ability to take risks. Anxiety. I have high anxiety. Yes. And an ability to take risks. So scary. just so you know, um, not really. But in your conscious mind, you have anxiety. Mm-hmm. But in your behavior, my friend, an anxious, low risk taker does not bet
0: their home. Does not bet at all. Could you have lost a lot? Yes. Here's what's interesting, Ty. So I, I think you're making a misassessment of the complexity of how people make these decisions. So, for instance, well, the we reason, are hang with me. Yeah. The reason that I was willing to bet the house is I, my sense of identity is not tied up into whether I win or lose a business. So, I will have no emotional devastation if I lose that house. So I went to okay. my wife. I got her buy-in. If I lose a house, whatever. It is what it is. But if I don't, that is a high. That is a low myself, anxiety behavior, my friend. Well, okay, tying it to anxiety, I think, is going to be misleading because so I,
1: if I lose everything, I'm good with it.
0: There, that's not high anxiety. So here, here's where this gets complicated. I struggle with anxiety every day of my life. So experientially, being Tom Billu is a constant anxiety management game. Uh now I think that my anxiety though is born of the body it's not born of the mind and so it's diet based it's uh, dysfunction in the gut whatever whatever and so now you've got experientially I'm anxious but temperamentally I have a high threshold for risk when it matches yes. my frame of reference which we yes. never close the loop on that everybody has a frame of reference it is the funhouse mirror through which you view the world and you're going to make decisions based on all the weird distortions that are unique to you. Mm-hmm. If I thought losing my house or my business failing would make me a loser, then I wouldn't have done it. Because if I if I valued myself based on what other people thought of me and that were true, that's how I would play. I am very much, while I fully acknowledge, we are both the shout and the echo. So the shout is what you do. The echo is what people think about what you do. But I'm not swayed a lot by the echo that comes back. It's certainly a factor, but it's not a driving thing for me. But I do have a set of beliefs about what I ought to do. And I, in my belief system, ought to swing for the fences. I ought to leave it all out in the field and play to win. And so that sense of identity and belief set and values led me to say, ah, risking the house while it is certainly high financial risk, is not a high emotional risk. And I value how I feel about myself when I'm by myself above everything.
1: Yeah, I would just say in simple ways, unconsciously, you have low anxiety and consciously you have high anxiety. You have your mind, people's mind can race. But if you look at their, I might look, this is the difference between me and where I, when I go on podcasts, where if you understand this one thing about me, I'm not that interested in, I find people's conscious mind boring. I'm not talking about you. The conscious mind is a very... You be bored by my conscious mind. No, no, it's not you. I'm not... I wouldn't have come back on your show. I don't find you boring at all. I find you interesting. In general, if you look at my behavior, I think to be a therapist would be torture to me. Why? How are you feeling today about... How do you feel? That's all the... I don't care. Because in general, that is just 10% of you like the iceberg. And so for you, I... A therapist would be like, you're very high anxiety. A guy like me who cares about what you do, you're very low anxiety. You bet it all and you win. High risk, high reward. So
0: we're kind of talking semantics with each other. I I don't think we are. I think this is where our worldviews collide in a very fascinating way. Maybe English doesn't have
1: enough words for what, like the Uh. Eskimos have 100 words or whatever for snow. I
0: think we don't have enough words in English for anxiety because there's many types of anxiety. Maybe around anxiety we yeah. don't, but I think we can get to an understanding of where we have a different frame of reference, and because sure. we have different what I call base assumptions, we are we're not having the argument at the right level. And so, uh, the way that I see it is, you have a base assumption that the fifty percent of you that's hardwired is effectively all you need to pay attention to, and but I'm saying I agree with you. You should I, no, we agree on that. Look, I'm an entrepreneur too. If you don't take
1: action, you will lose. If you only rely on your genes. For example, LeBron James, you meet the guy. I, I once, I'm once, i friends with one of the Lakers and he's like, yo, I'm in New York. You want to come out to a club with us? I get there and um, I knew somebody was in that room that was special because they're like frisking me down. I even have my own security. Usually I can come into places and they're like, "Wow, oh, we do extra security here. And there's LeBron James. The man's kind of not the same species if you see him. Okay, he's not real. He's a six foot eight, eight percent body fat. His head's about that big. He's just a big, kind of non-homo sapien. Okay, homo sapien supermanus. Okay, that's genes. But if he had eaten Doritos and had no drive and no risk taking, it takes a lot of risk to try to go become a basketball player. He would have been a nobody. So don't. I am not a fatalistic, in the sense, and I do think like quantum physics has shown us that there is possible free will too. It's a very weird thing. This bog, did you see the new Oppenheimer movie? No. So it's probably, probably going to win an Academy award for multiple things. Even though I thought it was only a seven out of 10. I like the new movie that came out better. The one with DiCaprio, the, what is it? Adrian flowers of the killers of the flower moon. That's a better movie with De Niro, but there's a scene that nobody catches So Oppenheimer, the main character, he comes and at the beginning, at the end, he talks to Einstein out by a pond for a few minutes. And they finally reveal at the end what Einstein whispered to him. And he said something like this, "Ah, the man who seeks, uh, who believes in uncertainty comes from me for certainty. So classical physics, the way we used to understand the world is things were certain. That's why Einstein did not believe in free will. It was certain. You're predestined. It's fatalistic. But quantum theory, which Einstein hated and went to his death kind of fighting. Hawking, you know, came up with like this M theory there's five one to the five hundred uh, universes in the world multiverse when you go to measure things, you change them so you can never measure what's actually happening, you know, string theory that things are wrapped up so small and that they just appear out of nowhere. like Hawking talked about that so, Einstein joked in the movie. It's a very intellectual joke that zero people got in the audience, but I was like, "Ah, it's like the man who is believes in uncertainty comes for me to certainty." What Einstein was saying is we want certainty and we want uncertainty. And what you're what I'm saying is there's a certain certainty to our life that comes from our family, but to feel good, I need to know there's uncertainty that I can fix my damn life that sucks. And I do and what we now know, and I'm an amateur physicist, not even an amateur, but I listen to the best and I'm good at remembering what people say, you know, there's probably both happening. there's a you want to hear a good another good quote? This is a crazy pull up the book Kuntiki. Who, who has ever read you ever heard the story of Kuntiki? Mm-hmm. It's one of the great adventure stories. This Norwegian guy wanted to prove that you could go across the Pacific Ocean. Let that stick in in a little raft, Oof. and he did it. It may seem at times as if invisible fingers move us about like puppets on a string, but for sure we are not be born to be dragged along. We can reach back and grab the strings ourselves and adjust our course at every crossroads or take off on any little trail into the unknown. That is probably the truth. We are both puppets that are being manipulated by our genes and non-free will, that's classic physics, but yet quantum physics says we can reach back and say, I don't like the strings and pull back a little bit. That's a great analogy
0: for what I believe. If you want to finally take control of your health and stop struggling with a lack of focus, feeling sluggish and just not being your best, then you need to fulfill all nutritional needs your body has every single day. You can do that easily and simply with AG1. If you're a longtime listener, you might know I've been supporting AG1 for many years. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutritional supplement. And you guys know me, I do not normally eat supplements. AG1 is basically it. It is a supplement that truly supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. And what I like is that they're basically grounding up real vegetables. It is about as close to eating the real thing as you're going to get. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. AG1 supports your whole body with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food source nutrients in every serving to support optimal health of your brain, body, and gut. So if you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Click the link in the show notes or just go to drinkag1.com impact. That's drinkag1, Check it out. What's up guys? If there's something going on with your body that you just can't quite figure out what it's coming from, I'm going to bet that the problem has something to do with your gut health. So what can you do to feel better? Everybody's body is different and that's why our sponsor Viome uses an at-home gut intelligence test to analyze your microbiome. Then they provide you with a personalized pre and probiotic formula that can help restore balance to your body. They also recommend what foods you should eat and which ones you shouldn't eat based on your test results. I've had the founder of Viome, Naveen Jain, on the show several times, and he always has incredible updates about the science linking your microbiome to the rest of your health. And as you guys know, with everything that Lisa went through, we know firsthand that your gut health, if you fix that, you're gonna solve so many other problems in your life. Go to triviome.com slash impact and use code impact to get 20% off your first three months and free shipping. All right, that's T-R-Y-V-I-O-M-E.com slash impact with the code impact for 20% off your first three months and free shipping.